into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menunos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into another AfterBuzzTV.com podcast recapping Penny Dreadful. We are talking Little Scorpion today on the After Show. Welcome and thank you as always for joining us. I'm Bobby DeMuro. Across the table, Marissa Serafini, Sarah Stretton, Roxy Stryer. Hello. Ladies, hello. Hello, Bobby. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, guys. Before we get started, remember, hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes if you haven't already. We've already got a lot of people in our video chat on YouTube and our live stream, so hello to all you. Keep commenting, keep liking doing all that good stuff. Marissa's on the laptop, as always, commenting back. Yep. And if you guys haven't already, we've been teasing this for about a week now, podcastone.com. You guys can review us there. Every show that AfterBuzz does, including Penny Dreadful, we want to hear your comments, thoughts, feedback, what you guys think about that, what you guys think about us, and now what you three think about the episode. Uh, before we get into a lot of stuff, we got a lot of obviously going to break it down topic by topic. Big thoughts. Across the board, episode-wide, anything that sticks out for you ladies? Honestly, I mean, we learned a little bit of this episode, but, I mean, Penny Dreadful is great in and of itself, but I felt like this this episode didn't really move the story along. Hmm. I just really enjoyed going back to Cut Wives. I wanted to go back there, and I think that there's a lot to be discovered. So I'm excited that we are making that journey. Uh, but I am a little bit with you, Marissa, that I, I don't know how far along the journey we actually made it. Yeah. Um, tonight was one of those episodes that it was kind of like one step forward, two steps back for me. Where um, I hate to say it because I do am a very big fan of this show. But they're starting to put seeds of doubt in my mind that are making me kind of lose confidence in where this story is going. Which story um, specifically, or, or everything? They're, uh, I think that this season, although there have been great scenes, beautiful acting, beautiful music, and decoration, and it's it's a intelligent, wonderful show, they're, they've been losing me on bits. Um, I said in the past about how I didn't, enjoy where Dorian's line was going, it finally kind really got tied in tonight, which to me was a step forward because that was a plight line that was dragging episode. There is just, there's seeds of doubt. There's seeds of doubt for me right now and I, I want, I'm going to hang in there. I want to see what's going to happen. But how they've kind of handled some of their characters, especially we went, we've gone off on the whole Brona thing and um, on Vanessa recognizing her and now where Ethan is. Uh, on top, and to top it all off, I've been waiting for so long to see the Ethan-Vanessa kiss and now what's happening with them. It puts a seeds of doubt for me that that could ever happen, which is hard when that's like the couple you're rooting for. And like I just now don't ever know if that could ever be, it kind of hurts. And Sarah Stratton brings us back down to earth. <laughs> Sorry. Bobby, how did you feel about tonight? I, I, I disagree with all of you. I like tonight a lot. 
I didn't think it took away from the story. I didn't think it detoured us too much like you guys were saying. I love where Brona is going to go or where Lily, excuse me, is going to go because I don't know where she's going to go. And I like that Ethan and Vanessa going away. I, I know what you're saying, Sarah, about the kiss and you don't know if it's ever going to work and we don't know if we want it to work anymore and whatever. But I like that they forced it without it feeling forced. The two of them going away, having to force whatever's going to happen with them. Um, there's a lot to still be uncovered, and I like that we got, we were talking about it off camera, I like that we got a week off the witches, a week off some of that storyline that might have been getting repetitive, but I actually really liked tonight. I didn't dislike tonight's episode, I want to make that clear. There yeah. were parts right. of it that I really liked. Um, in terms of moving the needle, though, I'm not sure if this hmm. this was a forward-thinking episode, but I, I there were parts that I really did enjoy. Absolutely. Well, we have a lot to cover, a big journey to take tonight. Uh, speaking of journeying, guys, does driving matter to you? Well, there's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out, and that's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, a lot of highways, a lot of freeways, wrong ways, and long ways. They're all there waiting to be driven on. Uh, so do you take that left turn at Albuquerque, or do you just keep going? Do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does, or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Mazda. Alright, well. let's talk about uh, Ethan and Vanessa first, and let's start in the first scene, because that sort of sets the table for them, of them leaving. And we see a seed of doubt in, uh, I guess, a, a, a mark in the armor with Sir Malcolm, not trusting them, <laughs> them not trusting each other. Uh, before we get to Ethan and Vanessa actually going, what about that scene? Do we make of anything long-term with Sir Malcolm? I can't be the first one to speak tonight because I, like, I, I, I did, on some level, like this labor episode. Unfortunately, what's at the front forefront of my mind is a little bit um, I, I, I think the thing is, I don't understand the question. Well, no. Is Sir Malcolm, is this going to be a problem with Sir Malcolm moving forward? Are we going to have oh. a, a divide in the team now? Because an episode or two ago, there was a big peck talk. They had, the, you know, they brought all the munitions in. Mm -hmm. Now, are we going to have a divide in the team and sort of a... Well, you need, to take. you do need a need, you need a divide in the team because you have to believe that these characters are smart enough to realize that something is off about Sir Malcolm and that they can't trust him right now. Yeah. It's not who he really is. Um, if if we saw them completely being honest with each other and open with each other, that would be a bigger problem. We need this divide because also as the audience, we know that there is poison in the group. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, to add to that, we always, I mean, yes, we as an audience know that Sir Malcolm is being influenced, but also just Sir Malcolm as a character before all this went down, we know he has a terrible backstory. He wasn't the greatest man. He's committed a lot of meth, uh, murders and deaths and whatnot. So just him as a character, we know he's capable of doing evil harmful things and so to add this now layer to him being influenced can we really trust him in general i don't think so well but the group doesn't know what actually is going on yet because yeah. vanessa and ethan are talking about oh he's in love and all this sort of stuff well it's very different than that yes but it's also can you even just trust him in general whether he's being influenced or whatnot I think that it's very clear that they aren't on to him in the way that we think they should be, especially based on what Vanessa and Ethan talk about later on, which we will get into. But it doesn't seem to me like alarms are going off. 
which is confusing. Yes, we decide that people shouldn't know where they're going, but that was a Lyle suggestion. He's thinking of that because he doesn't want to know. He's covering his own butt there. It had nothing to do about suspecting Sir Malcolm. Uh, I just don't feel like people are catching on. Just the, something's up. Something is up, and it's very obvious, and they're just thinking he's grieving in a strange way. How much do we think that Lyle knows about M- Madame Poole's hold over Sir Malcolm? <sighs> Probably very little. I don't Has he think... seen the dolls? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sure he hasn't. I don't think Lyle knows anything more than he needs to know. O- only enough to be scared. Mm-hmm. And I think anything he could use back against... Mrs. Poole is probably a no-no. But we know that she has seen them together, especially at the ball or whatnot, so he definitely knows something. I, I, My point of view is I don't think that he specifically knows that there's a voodoo doll. I don't think he knows that there was the pricking and the blood and all of these things. I do think that Lyle, just from having been intertwined with the witches for so long, should know that if he is that close to her, that he can't be trusted right now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because she already has control over him or is going to... When you say her, you're talking about Madame. Yeah, Madame Carly. Like, Lyle should know by by his own history that if Sir Malcolm's spending this much time with Madame Colley that he can't be trusted. Right. And even if it's not a supernatural thing, even if Lyle doesn't know the supernatural, he knows Miss Kelly is untrustworthy. Madame Kelly Kelly is untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if she is with Sir Malcolm, he would even have to think, even in a a mortal realm, she's manipulating him in some way. And he does know that she is a witch. Yeah. Yeah. No, No questions there. But also, the other person who is aware that something's wrong with Sir Malcolm is Simbene, who mentioned it before that he knows who Sir Malcolm is, and this is not him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Simbene also his footing that who to trust and what information to let out is... Yeah. Simbene, though, speaking of him, I was a little confused because you guys know, I've said this time and time again, if Simbene says something, I believe it. Period. He's Mm -hmm. the person that I trust the most on this show. Mm -hmm. We had a really strange moment with him in tonight's episode, though, that made me start questioning how much I know about him, what his background is, and whether I can count on him all the time. I think that I can, but he he went somewhere weird tonight. What are you talking about? Yeah, what is your your moment? Um, Yeah, his conversation with Ethan. You know what? I actually took a lot lot out of that conversation because it shows that... It's all the metaphors and the theme of tonight's episode is creatures and things, you know, because all the animals he mentioned, wolf, crocodile, those were all predators. And the fact that it tells the audience that one thing can become the next thing, can become more powerful, more dangerous, but it's all in in a a sense circular in in, in that way and that there's more more powerful things out there that uh, you can become. I'm 100% with you. I don't understand why that, at least for Roxy maybe, and maybe for people in our chat if you guys want to weigh in, why that is something uh, that would make us not trust Sembene. Yeah, it doesn't make me not trust him. With Sembene, we've known in the past that he is some sort of shaman-type experience, um, that he, he knows about as some supernatural elements. He's been exposed to them in the past, as we mentioned in other episodes. What his involvement was, in my opinion, hasn't been made clear. So I wasn't surprised by 
his conversation or how he made his analogy. The line that I took away was when he says, is it a sickness or, or they're talking and they're talking about, is it a sickness or something else? And the act of becoming. There, when he tells the story of the... Um, crocodile and the monkey and like the whole consuming the speech. Yeah, it yeah. was the consuming. It was the becoming. It was taking something in to become something else. But then there is also the option of is that is that considered a sickness? That becoming in a way of taking it on, or was he born that way? Because what we get from Vanessa and there's a really good parallel example that I'll get to later. You are invested from the beginning that she was born this way. This is not a sickness. She always talks about a cursed life, but if someone didn't point and curse her, it was something that, in my opinion, she was born with, born to be, born as. She didn't do something, get bad karma, and someone came across and picked her. So, what? yeah, absolutely. Just going back to Zembene, though, for a second, to clarify, what I meant is he knew it all too well. He said it very clearly. I question what is inside him, what he has consumed. That is what I started thinking about. How does he know what he's talking about? What has he seen? I, I, I don't think he's lying to us. I still do trust him, but I don't, we don't know about him, and we can't pretend we do. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't know enough. So that's what I meant. Okay. Mm-hmm. The question is, who would he tell, since he doesn't seem to open up to many people? Yeah. He would tell Sir Malcolm. Yeah, he he needs a love life, maybe. Well, Malcolm some, needs some nice pillow talk. Ha 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 ha. All right, so Ethan and Vanessa leave London, thankfully. Let one person know. Let one person know. And that person was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Were you guys surprised yeah. they let Victor know? Vanessa and him are having a little bond. Not like romantic, mm, but like, like they've got a little friendship, friendship. going on. Yeah, yeah. they do. Which is going to be weird for her Unlikely because she's got that little John Clare friendship going too. Yeah. She likes Lily. This That whole thing is going to come to a head in a very different way from the demon story. Based on Vanessa these days, I wouldn't have been surprised if she had gone to frickin' Malcolm and been like, you're the one person I'm telling where we're going. I honestly, based on her, her what uh, the credibility I'm going to give her at this moment, that's what I would thought she would wow. do. Wow. I would, I'm, I'm, I could totally have seen that as well. I think that this is more of like it's also just like a ploy of how they're spreading out their trust. They've mm-hmm. kind of made this, um, they're making their own alliances within this group where you get, we just saw Ethan have this bond of trust with Simbene. And now, you know, you can't have Vanessa go to Simbene too because then Simbene has so much knowledge of everything and he's not sharing, you know? So you have you have Vanessa getting this friendship, as you mentioned, with um, Victor. Dr. Victor Frankenstein, and that is also in return because he came out with Brona and all of his vulnerabilities with his cousin. So it's like that, you told me something, I'll tell you something. Right. Let's create divides and make alliances and figure out who we trust most in the group. It, bal- it balances things. I, th- I think it's during the moments that they're most vulnerable to each other because even in season one, the episode when Vanessa was possessed, it was Victor that went up to her and, like, gave her that physical and, like, was really hitting her on an emotional, vulnerable level. And then Victor and his insecurities about women and how to properly dress and courtship and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it was, it's those connections where you can really build on vulnerability, and that's what makes it more real to someone else. I agree. Interesting. All right, so what do we make of, uh, I don't know if you guys want to call it the Love Shack. We've obviously been here before. Love Shack. Cut wife's house. Um, I didn't want to call it the Love Shack now that you said it, though. <laughs> that's, like, 
the farthest thing from a love shack. I know. I was just teasing. Somebody said it in the comment thing, and I thought it was great. So I don't I, think Sarah liked it. Oh, so you it. stole the comment. 100%. Mm -hmm. You weren't even going to give them credit until we talked about it. Pearl Ascension says love shack. <laughs> well, let's just, just move on. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. far from love. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can start. Go right ahead, sir. I loved when they were so happy and they were shooting together and Vanessa was amazing at it and they were <laughs> dancing and he chopped down the tree for her. Um, that, and he that killed was sweet. that sheep and he... Yeah. That, that was very you know, sweet. But they were happy in this kind of normal-esque, maybe this could have been Vanessa's life, she never left kind of way. And in the back of your head you're just like, okay, so you said you were coming for a weapon... Something either is either gonna make you use that weapon, or something's gonna go wrong, or someone's gonna show up. It was wonderful to see them happy, though, for that grand total of two minutes. Wait, could yeah, you know, couldn't last. Could yeah. have been her life if she never left. Cutwife's. Um, remember, Cutwife said, um, "When I die, I want you to stay here and right, take but over she and have people." Ethan. But she could have had mm -hmm. a, a man. She would have, could have had a normal life. Okay. She could have been there and not. I mean, obviously not because of the devil seeking after her, but it was like the idea. Right. Uh, and they talk about how what their lives would be as normal people, and we got to see that for a split second. Right. But the crashing door and the crazy lightning <laughs> scared and the, the crap almost out of her. snow like substance coming through the window shows you that. That is not possible. So you just covered a lot of ground. I want yes. to step back for a second to the shooting. Uh, did anybody think Vanessa was too good at that? Too good as in no way this could have been her first time? No, there? some people are just born natural. Uh, She's naturally good at doing a lot of different things. I'm with you. Let's remember weapons in this age, and you'd have to be pretty skilled to use them even more so than now. She can't spot Brona. But she's clairvoyant and can use this weapon. Well, those are two completely different no, no, skills. No, they, they are, but... But I just don't have the same kind of faith in her that I had last season. Like, Vanessa maybe last season? Vanessa's better at muscle memory. <laughs> muscle memory, though, would imply that she's done this before. For for shooting? Yeah. Maybe. So that's my question. So if you, before the whole Brona thing, Roxy, you would have been on board for the shooting. After the whole Brona thing, not on board. <laughs> I honestly think season one, when I thought she was all-powerful and couldn't do anything wrong and was this clairvoyant creature, I don't think it would have surprised me as much. But now this Vanessa that has is so flawed... I'm not saying that I don't like the character still, because I do, but I find her to be incredibly flawed. I was shocked that she could shoot a gun like this on her first time, and I was like, wait a second, if I'm shocked, that probably means it isn't her first time. I don't know when else she would have done it, but then again, I keep questioning if this is the first time she killed somebody. I think it probably is, but she has never admitted that out loud. People have said it to her, she hasn't corrected them, it's been kind of like that, but I don't know, maybe she has. Maybe she's used her voodoo-woodoo and killed somebody before. So as much... As you don't know about some Benet's past, you are now also questioning... Oh, yeah. Big time. Vanessa's past. Big time. And Ethan's. I'm questioning all of them. I think that's the point of this, right? Yeah. We don't know anything about anybody's past, and we learn little pieces as we start to go. We learn more about Ethan every time. The Indian graveyard today, that was another thing from Ethan's past in today. In Arizona. In Arizona. 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, this shooting scene didn't bother me because it shows that she is now capable of defending herself when someone else is going to be gone. So this skill that she's learning is going to become useful probably in the finale. One oh, would hope. I'm so not saying it bothered me. I, that is not what I'm saying at all. I didn't, I didn't dislike the scene. I really liked the scene. Mm-hmm. It made me question things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know where it's coming from. The way that he was not a great dancer, that's how you start. If you're, it's your first day and your first lesson, especially because we know he's supposed to be part of this whole threesome now, so he's really good at stuff too. If he's slow to learn to dance, then she should be slow to learn to shoot. Guys just develop faster or slower. Sorry. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> that's really? just common sense. Yeah, that's just knowledge, you know. Great guys, <laughs> shooting straight facts there over right uh, shooting there. shooting facts. Yeah, shooting, shooting facts, but <laughs> literally. <laughs> See what I did? Um, See what I did in the so what's it called? The doom, the loom, the more. The more. Double letters. Anyway, it's 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 a job to keep up with doom. you. The more's of doom. It's a job to keep up with you. Isn't sometimes. that your job? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a yeah, job. I'm ahead. just saying. Yeah. Uh, Keeping you on your toes. Just drink more coffee. Yeah, seriously. One unique thing, weird thing, wrong thing that I didn't like besides the shooting scene was the lightning fire blowout through the chimney. Lightning through the chimney. Like... Huh. Okay, was that a natural lightning thing, or are we alluding to something else supernatural but, here? You gotta remember that house. It's completely. There's been no water through it. It's been isolated. It's dried up literally, and the roof is made of whatever straw. And, and the rest so of it's made of stone. But I completely believe that could go on fire because if you go back to the whole Frankenstein story, the house is burned like no other. So take it back to just physical. Buildings and contractual houses, it's more likely to burn than stand. I'm saying 0% chance. I'm saying 0% chance that that happened out of just the nature and the world. It was, I think that later on when we hear, um, what what is his the name of the guy that she sees on the horse? Hawks. Hawks. When we see Hawks and he says something about the fire, obviously he was referencing the fact that he burned Cut Life alive, but I also think he was referencing maybe something about the fire that happened through the house or that it was supposed to put us out on guard. There's no way that lightning struck there. Like, Bobby, you actually made a good point about the trees being cut down. That... So that makes a little more sense, but I think there's no way. Somebody did something. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I'm mm-hmm. blaming this on the supernatural. My finger's pointing in three directions. The one, witches, one witch, two witch, three witch. One witch is one way. Also, the they mentioned the house is haunted, and Vanessa says that they're dangerous. Maybe this was supposed to interfere with, although it ended up doing the opposite and inciting them for a moment. Maybe it was like the spirit of Cutwife trying to keep the Hound and the Scorpion separate from each other. Interesting. Maybe it was the devil getting jealous and going like, no, 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 not you two. Really like, interesting thoughts. Throw that in, Marissa. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that was the last thing Sorry. you said because there's a great comment in the chat box. About the devil? Kind of. Uh, Cruel Ascension okay. says that, being the lightning strike, was the sign from heaven that they should have screwed. I would say it's the opposite. But either way, maybe that's what it was because it was when they came together. It was during the dance. It was during this moving moment. And then boom. I would but say of the, of the three options that you just gave, all of which are realistic, I think, the last one would be the most interesting interesting path to go down. If that was the devil, the devil is watching and the devil is saying, nope, nope, nope. I'm the, what do I have at my disposal? I have fire. 
I'm going to light you guys on fire if you do that. St- <laughs> no. Stereotypical or just, you know, tools of the trade? Tools of the trade. Okay. I what? think that that's great. I think it just maybe it might just add to storytelling in general, the emotional beats that you have to balance out a scene with. It got very serious, and then let's do something, break up this relationship that we think it's going one way, throw in a curveball, which was the fire, and then know it's going not the way we're thinking. You know, it's that red herring. Okay. Before we get to their eventual deafening different points of views on a certain someone named Hawks, can we also mention... The reference to dolls. Yes. By Vanessa. This is one of those step forwards for me in this show. Mm -hmm. I thought that that crafting, to me, was just beautiful. That she was scared of dolls, that we got, on one level, the reminder of the dolls. Just to throw it in there since we didn't get to see the witches today. That we also got, when, when this episode is so much about whether people are born, are they sick, are they becoming, that she was scared of or had this relationship with dolls since a, since she was a child, to me just showed that this was always part of her mm-hmm. because of what dolls are, have the capability of doing and like her connection to be able to do that if she probably really wanted to. So how long do you feel like the devil's been after her then from day one? Day one. Mm-hmm. I think this is something, mm-hmm. I think this is something Vanessa's born with. Um, that is my person. They have yet to show me otherwise in the show. That's what I'm sticking to. I think that she was born this way. They also made that one mention of her mother at some point mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. her mother was into. I think that it, it couldn't have been someone else. It was her. Um, and this doll thing that she always had that sense, that this sense has always been around her. And, of course, the reference point and how they also use it as a, a catalyst to bring them closer together. Um, in her conversation with Ethan and for her to share something with him. I just thought that it was a great piece of storytelling. It was fun for me. I, I think it was brilliantly tied in. I, The thing is with Vanessa and these dolls, we know there's now that dark magic connection to her, but everyone else, I don't think their fears are dolls. And I mean, we see Sir Malcolm's doll. We see everyone else's. So, I mean, I think it's very fortunate that they tied it personally a personal emotional thing with her but why everyone else with dolls i can understand if they chose a doll to represent vanessa but why sir malcolm and another doll well no i think that's just a practice what i'm saying is that witches have a connection to this to voodoo dolls so her being born with supernatural abilities shows her gives her the innate like sense that these can be used for something else. It is not something that is simply harmless or a toy. Just by sense, she knows that these things have the capability to be more than what they appear. Right. I, I will say that, but also what afraid what she was afraid of with these dolls was them watching her and their mm-hmm. eyes and, and what that represents was really powerful to me. It would be truly bizarre if Malcolm, Ethan, Victor, Dorian, if all these people were afraid of dolls. I don't think that was the point we were trying to make. I think that we were just trying to show that she did have this connection. She's had it for a long time. This isn't something that in, in the last two years, aka the two seasons we've scene has just started. Mm-hmm. This has been going on. So that that's how it resonated with me. People in chat roll are mentioning that, remember back in season one, she used to make stuffed animals out of owls. Mm-hmm. Is this a step up progression to dolls? Or com- something completely else? It's... 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I think that, as you, you mentioned that, and it, it just pulled my mind also to the wax figurines and their eyes and what we're seeing over in the wax museum and, like, just the position that these things, that... These inanimate objects. These inanimate mm-hmm. objects that are in the shape of people, what they can do. Like, although they might not seem like they have a soul, the power they have in this show yeah. is interesting. If she ever went on It's a Small World, she'd totally have a heart attack. <laughs> I have a heart attack on It's a Small World, it's, so. It's a tough ride to get through. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe the... Well, maybe not, but uh, I was going to say maybe the climax of the time away is this whole dichotomy of their points of view on Hawks and what she thinks about killing him versus what he thinks, Ethan thinks, and then what ends up happening. Um, what do we make? First off, I guess let's work backwards on this because I thought the Hawks scene was interesting when he actually dies. What do we make of that scene relative to Vanessa with the book and Ethan going to try to kill him and then work back from that? Was Vanessa, I don't want to say was Vanessa right to do this or anything, but are there any ramifications for Vanessa down the road from doing this? Was Ethan's discussion about the first time you do it, you cry. She collapsed after she read in that book when that happened. The Mm -hmm. second time you do it, what did he say? You shed a tear or you think twice or whatever. The third time you do it, it's repetition, whatever. Is that going to become the Vanessa that we see from now on? I, I think they're going down that path. I sure hope not. I hope the audience doesn't want that either. But we even saw in last week's episode the difference between Evelyn and the path that she went down. And now the path Vanessa is starting to go down. She's going down the path of murder and vengeance, which is very dark. And this one act will immediately already start to turn her away from God where she's already questioning religion the whole whole existence with God and all that and doing something like this can just literally lead her on the path far away from him hmm. welcome to the night Vanessa right? welcome to the night that was a very very intense line Yeah. Um, I don't know I think that when somebody says something in such a monologue form as that we have to kind of assume that that's foreshadowing yeah. not even foreshadowing like we're about to tell you what's going to happen uh, I would be incredibly upset if that is the road that this show took forever if that's how the show ended she went down this dark path we heard Cutwife say I still don't know whether you're going to be good or evil if she does go down this dark path then she ends up with the devil end of show uh, that's going to be like, all right, she was our protagonist. What just happened? So I think something's going to have to stop her along the lines. That's why I was trying to think about, has she killed before? Does he really know what he's talking about? Um, I mentioned to you guys briefly off air, but it's been uh, sinking in with me. A lot of times when you kill somebody for the first time in the supernatural world, it triggers something, whether that is being able to turn if you are a wolf or being able to have different powers emotionally and whatnot. I think that maybe if this is the first time she killed somebody, it will trigger something. But that something doesn't necessarily mean a life of no soul and no redemption. I, I can't believe that. If I believe that, then I want to stop watching the show. I'm gonna. This was very similar to, as I said, the seeds of doubt. I also don't want to believe that you kill one person and completely can't be saved and now we're just going to see Vanessa and Van- get closer and closer to the devil and we're instead of a show that is about the blurred line between good and evil it just turns into oh this is how evil is created 
Um, I'm not saying that I would completely disregard them for creating that show because that's an interesting concept. It's just not really what I want to watch right now. Um, and for Vanessa, what I'm what I'm really glad didn't happen is that I'm re- I'm really glad that Ethan came back. I'm really glad that Ethan came back Which with Vanessa time? at the very end after Hawks is devoured by his own dogs. Mm. Because in my head, I was like, if he walks away, even though he was about to kill Hawks himself, do the exact same thing Vanessa did. They were both about to commit murder. And if he walked away, I would say, you can't do that. You can't put someone on a pedestal and say that they are completely not, and walk away from them if they get down to more or less your level in the night. That's what I wasn't going to be okay with. I'm glad that he stayed. Obviously, he's tormented for her he like turns towards the flame and she is just looking at him at the end um but also on his mug now they are on the same playing field everyone is now everyone has killed um i i'm right since roxy came up with the point that it might not be her first kill maybe they've always on the same same playing field we don't know also but to me now it's like without a doubt They've all killed someone. Something interesting that I was thinking about was, do you guys remember season one, their first encounter with the wolves, and Ethan was like, nobody move, and he seemed to have such control Mm -hmm. over it? When we saw the dogs tonight, and Ethan there, and Vanessa controlling the dogs with what she was doing, that was really strange and interesting to me, because he wasn't. He wasn't the one controlling them. And even when he sees Hawk on the um, horse, he... Hawks is like, these dogs will could bite your hand off. I didn't feel like Ethan made the facial expression like, no, they won't. I'm one of them. It, it was just a weird dichotomy for me. Did anybody else have... I thought that that scene was going to turn because Hawk was just talking about the, how wolves respond to whoever feeds them. Right. And I thought Ethan was going to like turn one. Didn't happen. I was kind of like, huh. Yeah. Um, it, it was in definitely interesting. It also puts the thought in your mind that if he's the hound, is there at any point... That Vanessa could control him. I don't know. I and I saw that particular hound scene where remember the episode the Nightcomers earlier this season. There was that quick moment where Evelyn was looking through the window, looking at the dogs that were barking, and she just like controlled them in that way, and they stopped. Mm-hmm. And this scene, I think, showed that e- that Vanessa is becoming more like e- Evelyn, going down that dark path, controlling really things that she. She That's wasn't really able to. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. But bye-bye, Mr. Hawks. And he's an easy, yes. exactly. He's an easy guy to say goodbye to because he's not a likable guy. No. So it's a good first kill, if it is the first one, because we can kind of sit here and say, oh, well, see ya. We're just thinking about what it means for Vanessa. Yeah, we can, what we sparks can in her is troubling. Vanessa for yeah. us. It was incredibly justifiable. Yeah. I, don't f- I feel like Ethan came down ridiculously hard on her. It's one thing to tell her beforehand, you don't want to do this, it will break your soul. It's another thing after she's already done it to say, well, now you're screwed. Like that is those are two completely different things. I wanted him to be, and maybe we will see this in the coming weeks. I wanted him to be a little more supportive. I know that's a strange word to use, but I did. I wanted him to be like, I was going to do this for you, so you didn't have to. I feel bad for you because now you have opened up a door. Not 
I don't know. I, I felt like what he said to her was really not empathetic. Well, I, I don't think it was supposed true. to be empathetic. I think it was supposed to be more out of tough love. Or frustration. Is he frustrated because he's Probably. supposed to go and protect her and he can't even protect her from herself? And now she's chosen to walk away from God. Well, someone mentioned in the YouTube that they said maybe Ethan is there to protect her soul, not just her physical body. Yeah, but I still think... I agree. All right, so she killed him, so you didn't. Now, what are you going to do about it? you, you got to come up with something better than just reprimanding her. Maybe just tap into that Catholic guilt of hers. But then what's that going to do? She needs I don't know. To, she will find a way Hopefully to do something. repent. I don't even know. I think maybe we had to see Vanessa start going down a dark path to make her realize this isn't the path that she's supposed to go down. And the fact that, yeah, it's good that she has Ethan around her to say, no, still be that voice of reason and that conscience of hers. This is good. This is bad. I agree. Starting to go down a dark a dark path is uh, something that I would like to venture with and venture down that path with her. But if she goes past the point of no return, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Agreed. She's not there mm-hmm. yet. But, but I think she might be. I don't think so yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. We shall see. Well, as we see, this is something she can't escape because they tell us that in this episode. And they really put it into words when you get into Lyle and Victor and their conversation about the hound, the scorpion, and the devil, basically. And this is ever-changing. They talk about how this wheel exceeds like people's lifespans. It's something that's been going on over not only time, but space. And they talk about Amun-Ra and that relationship. And if you in, in Egyptian mythology about people coming together and how that can they even talk about in this episode what creates when the storm creates either the beginning of the world or the end um, what this relation these relationships could create if the scorpion sides with one does that start a beginning if the scorpion sides with the other does that side incite the end or what is it is everything a beginning and an end it's this endless cycle that we get to see and they're exploring more into and now finally putting words to the thoughts the hound the scorpion the devil it's like these are our players and and just to throw this out here that i'm thinking about it now when i listen to you guys are we looking at the vanessa killing maybe in the wrong way because we expect the worst when actually if she's trying to fight against the devil and the witches and whatever else it could be it, it, she's equipping herself with skills she maybe didn't know she had that mm-hmm. relates to the shooting and learning how to shoot even though she was mm-hmm. per, a crack shot from the start and now the killing now that she's crossed that threshold and I know we can debate the killing effect on her soul and all the stuff Ethan was talking about mm-hmm. but what if that equips her to be actually maybe take care of herself a little bit better against these witches when we sit here very frustrated at times because she seems so damn helpless mm-hmm. but and the thing is when she Use the verbus diablo, which she has been giving fair warning, don't use it, only in time of need. She yeah. purposely used it for death, for murder. So I, I have to disagree in a way that it was not justifiable in that way. I, I think that there's an argument to be made that this could be something useful and could be something good. Because, like you just said, taking out her soul... Because I, I don't think that killing somebody ever can be a good thing on, on your soul. But on the war she's about to go to, she is equipping herself. She's, she's making it so she might be able to... She has a fighting chance. Uh, I don't think Ethan sees it that way, but I, I think it's a good point. 
I can see it as equipping herself, but she's not doing it in the proper way. Yeah, she may, it may be short-sighted, yeah. but, but this is what she has, this is what she knows, and and I think we're going to see this more because it keeps getting teased, and they talked about it today with the normal people conversation. She's at her wit's end. Mm-hmm. You know, she almost she's almost to that point where she says, I have nothing else to lose. And and we can debate, maybe there's been a few episodes where she had had nothing else yeah. to lose. By the way, when she kills him, she listened to Ethan, she didn't look him in the eyes. Just saying. That was his <laughs> advice. <laughs> I didn't second guess it. Touche. I didn't, yeah, she didn't listen it to Cop Wife, though. She also, you bring that up means, makes it very ironic that he was literally teaching her how to shoot someone mm-hmm. and kill someone, mm-hmm. but like this was not the right person or the right time to kill them because this one was like out of revenge. Like, but you just were spending hours mm-hmm. and hours teaching how to kill, not how to wound, not how to shoot someone in the foot. Kill. Uh, very interesting comment just came through on the live stream on the chat. I won't take credit for this one, mm. Roxy. Uh, David Von Kettering says, no about killing, about her killing. She acted to stop Ethan from doing the killing and becoming a suspect. Dogs leave the cause of death. Dogs become the cause of death. But to argue that, okay. did Vanessa even know that Ethan was going to go after Hawks? Well, when I he, don't think so. When he comes back, she says, you are going to do this. I, so I'm not sure if she knew, but she definitely knew he left because she was doing this in the house. I I would have to say, yeah, I think she probably did, but I don't think that's why she did this. Mm. But it's a really interesting thought. So Vanessa can sense that Ethan was going to go kill Hawks and did it preemptively, but she doesn't remember Brona. <laughs> That's always what we're going to go back to, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't see myself ever not going back to it, which is why I'm so upset with this show for that for that reason. I love this show. I, I believe in this show, but I can't... I can't get over that. I think what added more to the fact, more of our frustration, was that even Ethan mentioned Miss Brona tonight, Miss Croft, and you think that one might snap something. Or trigger still, something, absolutely. It still right. didn't. But it would have, I completely agree with you, Marissa, although it would have made for a strange scene if he had been like Brona and she had been like, oh, that's where I knew her from. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we would have been like, oh. It's just You're adding like, more uh, to the awkward. fact she still doesn't know. Yeah, uh, it's true. Speaking of Brona, or, you know, a.k.a. Lily, the artist formerly known as Brona, uh, things happened in this show that didn't have to do with Ethan and Vanessa. Uh, the first thing I want to get to is Victor and Lyle before we drop down to Brona and that whole situation. But real quick with Lyle, we've kind of talked about it already, but the scorpion, the dog, we start to learn about the animals, I guess, the creatures kind of not living in harmony, but living in battle amongst each other in a perpetual wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do we make of... Yeah, and kind of a cyclical thing. What do we make of Victor and Lyle's epiphany tonight? How does that drive this story along? It's so tough when we're dealing with Lyle because you never know if he's saying something because he wants to get you one step closer to what Madame Kali wants or whether he's trying to open your eyes to something. I was incredibly happy to have something tangible. Those three different things, the the scorpion, the devil, and the wolf, I needed that so bad. I was really happy with that, but I don't know. I don't know why Lyle's doing this. I don't trust him. I, I thought it was very interesting that they kept referring to the fact that Lupus Dei, this is the one factor in all this that will literally change the outcome of everything. Ethan's going to obviously play a big part in it, and I, I might say this early, but early prediction that Ethan might be the one who literally kills or stops the devil. Because obviously this legion, these demons, are 
are afraid of what Lupus Day can do to them. Unless they can control the him. End game. You, you Which think that's that they, what they might be they trying can. to do. I don't know if they can. I think that the probably the greatest thing you could do is the thing that you're fearful of, make that your ally. I don't think that that's, I don't know if that's possible with Ethan. Um, I don't think, I don't know if you can make a doll out of Ethan and see if it's going to work. Like, he is multiple things. I don't know if he can be represented in one doll. I didn't think Vanessa um, could be represented in one doll, but lo and behold. <laughs> so it's like, we know that, I like when you said, we know he's a factor. We know he's a big part of this. He admitted that he is more than just a man. He is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a role to play. The show is not really forthcoming on what each person's role is because it's confusing and they keep changing sides. Hence, Brona. But um, I, so I, all I can say is we have to wait and find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And speaking of Brona, let's get to what we all kind of want to talk about. A lot of stuff goes on with her tonight. She looked very pretty in tonight's episode. She did. Did you like her dress better a this time? A lot of time? people liked it. Yeah, um, I, yeah, that's true. I'm not the only one who's a fan of hers at this point. Uh, oh, gosh. Where do we start? I mean, we start with Victor, obviously. But so Victor kind of lets her go. But does he? Uh, yeah. It was it was it sort of a and maybe not passive aggressive but was it like he's not happy about this at he all? He knows he has to. He's somebody who I you feel can't like keep a woman locked up. You I, can't. You can't keep an undead woman. Yeah, you can't. Well, like, she she, she had a very fair point. It's like, hey, I'm getting cabin fever. Let me out. Yeah. There's somebody I feel like who goes to bed at night, reads something, and it's like, if you love her, set her free. And he's like, that's what I'll do. I, I just don't feel like I can ever predict what his next move is going. You think he's on Instagram reading people's inspirational quotes? Like, oh, that's the one. You said it, not me, but I wouldn't (laughs) doubt it. Uh, No, but I really, I feel like he's impressionable in a lot of different ways. And so Vanessa will give advice and he will take it as what he should do. I I don't know if he's fully coming up with concept by himself. So I think he was learned somewhere that he needed to be more open and let her go. Vanessa says, you need to show sparkly things. Right. And he's like, oh, okay, let me trust this. Because he doesn't know what to do. This is his first time. He's like a little sixth grade boy going to a dance and doesn't really know how to dance. But yeah, yeah it's also good that Victor is allowing her some freedom because if he doesn't, Brona slash Lily is going to just get resent him in a way, and that's the farthest thing what he wants from her. Yeah, but if he does, then she's going to go out and sleep with somebody and then murder them. So it's like kind of lose-lose. Hey, you could not <laughs> predict true. that. But Victor couldn't know that. And Vanessa couldn't predict it either. No, no, absolutely not. And Vanessa couldn't even predict that Brona is still a thing. She has no idea. That's not even a prediction. <laughs> that would have just been a, a realization, a, a notice. Um, what do we make of Brona with this? So she goes out with Dorian Gray, <clears throat> goes to the wax museum, because apparently there's only like literally two things to do in London. One of them is the wax museum. So good. Good, for, uh, good for the Putneys. Yeah, it is good hey, for the Putneys. Hey, their business is booming. Um, and, and as they go through, and they're seeing, first off, the wax of the people digging up dead bodies, which took an interest to her you know immediately I don't know what to make of that I don't know how much she's been told of her origin uh, do we think that this is something that's innately in her head like this is weird or was it just something innocently that she thought hey that's strange I think that it's two layers I think that on one hand it is the I she she has gone through dying before 
she has dealt with that. I think what we're supposed to gain from her is that she has vague memories that she can't put her finger on at all. They're just feelings. I think when we see Victor, on the other hand, I think when we see Victor's creations, they have these very strong obsessions with love and death. That is something they have in common. All of them go through this. It's like the need for love, the need for care, and this this urge, this like urge to involve themselves in violence and death and and I'm sure it comes from the fact that they've been through these feelings. They've actually been at that brink. They have died. We don't know what that's done except for creating this pattern in all of Victor's creations. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Brona, she is fascinated by seeing the unearthing. This wax museum is her exposure to what death looks like. And then it's kind of functioning on two levels where she goes to this gentleman's bar and it's the intersection of her past, which is very familiar with men, with sexuality, with this creature like, I don't know, guttural thing of curiosity about death. And now it's combined into Mm -hmm. this crazy murderer chick. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Completely uh, agree. Yeah, absolutely. I do, too. Um, I wanted to take a step back before we even saw that happen because I saw all over Twitter and, and social media this week. We came to the conclusion last week, I think it was unanimous, that he obviously, Dorian, knew that this was Brona. I have read online that people are very split. They think that he recognizes something, that something is up, but that he doesn't exactly know what's going on. And again, in tonight's episode, he does say that. He alludes to the, he says, it's your eyes, but they're not your eyes, something. I'm still under the impression that he knows who this is. Some people are not. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I'm on the not. You think he doesn't know, but he has a feeling. Okay. Uh, we definitely wow. saw from the first interaction that That's he thought he recognized it, but I think it might be in the show third time's the charm because we've seen Vanessa interact with Lily twice and she still hasn't remembered. Now we see Dorian interact with Lily twice and he still doesn't remember. I think it's the third time something might finally snap. And the cloaks dropped. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like literally third time's the charm because if they don't recognize that the third time, then I don't know I don't what think I would do. I don't even know what I'll do if they do recognize. I think it almost might be as bad if they recognize her after the third time. I'm going to say, what kind of a rule is that? Yeah. I think I think, <laughs> I I think know. he knows exactly who Lily is. I think he's playing the game. I think he's trying to figure out the game maybe she's playing. Because remember, when he met her in that you know trumped-up ball, there's so many social graces and mores that he probably can't cross or doesn't want to cross. And let's be honest about Dorian. He likes playing games like that. That's part of his thing. Right. And so I think he wants to play this game, and he's intrigued by her because he's like, A, I had sex with this woman before. I had a connection with this person. But B, I know what was going on health-wise with her. And how is she healthy and not dead? Who is she? Is she even the twin of this person? Like, what game is it 
How do I play it? Let me go along for the ride. Right, and you also it, mentioned... So, new sorry. adventures, man. That's what his whole point was with her today in London. New adventures. And I think for him, it's just another adventure mm. and another conquest. And he says, screw it. Let's find out what it is. Right. And you also mentioned social class, that the first time Dorian interacted with, with Brona, she was the f- third class, far from the highest society class that he was in. So that might be another factor that he doesn't recognize her because she's mingling with people that she normally wouldn't. I could totally have gotten on board with that if he hadn't taken photos of the two of them sleeping together and photos of her. I think once he has the question in his mind, oh, do I recognize this person? Even if he couldn't put his finger on it then, which I think he did immediately, I think that he's just had that and he knew. Even if he didn't, I think he would go back to the pictures and be like, well, there she is. That's who that was. Ah, I just can't imagine a world in which he doesn't know exactly who she is at this point. Although... Vanessa doesn't know. Right. So, <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, either... So then I saw a bunch of comments. People were telling us that they the show intended on her looking way more different than she actually looks, and we just need to use our imagination and believe that she doesn't look like the same person. I don't believe that for mm. two seconds. Nope. <laughs> and neither does Sarah. Well, so, whoever that commenter was just pissed off a bunch of my panelists. So. <laughs> I'm just no. saying that if they're, although Bubba doesn't like it, if they can change someone into a wolf, I think that they have enough money or whatnot to change prosthetics. So much more you could do to change a person's and not even not did. even just money, but yeah. intentionality. Everything is so intentionally done, so thoughtfully done. Every shot is so artistically done. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems like a throwaway. They wouldn't just be like, oh, you know what? It still looks like Brona. Screw it. Let's just go with this. It's <laughs> yeah. such a big thing. You wouldn't just say, oh, hey, we just got to get production done. This is this is too long in coming. But for what them. would what would Victor have done? What do you mean? He would have taken the nose off of somebody else and sewed it onto her face. Well, that's the thing. He didn't have to because Brona's body, when she died, was fully intact. I don't know. Just I don't like it. I don't believe it. It bothers me because if you're going to choose to keep it the same, then people who matter should know her. We've been over this like eighty thousand times. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting that we're un, we're split up across the panel on whether he recognizes her for sure. But we weren't well, split John last Claire, week. Were right. we? No, I, I'm know. pretty sure I, I'm going to have to go back and say look what I said, but I'm pretty sure I said that I think he had a feeling, but he couldn't place. Got it. Sarah, I, I got it wrong. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I thought tonight uh, Dorn was going to call out Brona, be like, no, I know who you are, especially when she, he had her isolated to the point where she he could have talked to her straight. No, that still didn't happen. Well, you know who recognized Lily? Mm-hmm. Well, it's Sir Claire. Okay, if he hadn't recognized her this time, that would have been... <laughs> All right. Um, why was he And Oh, gosh, I hope you guys don't get mad at me. This could be so... Why was he in, like, a cage? He was just, like, behind oh, the scenes. Yeah, yeah, behind the scenes. I just felt room. like he, they he were hides in the him. shadows. They're hiding him. They are hiding him. Well, well they're about his, to... Yeah. That's his character. He hides in the shadows. And yeah. that's his job. Right now, obviously, gonna we think it's going to change at the Putneys, but 
his job as of right now is he's behind the scenes putting these things together. Yeah. So. I'm so scared for what the Putneys are going to do to him, what they have in store. You're scared about what the Putneys are going to do to him. I'm scared about what, the, what he's going to do to Dorian. I'm scared <laughs> about what he's going to do to Victor, who let him out, her out of the house. It's like you're supposed to be training her, and she's going out with suitors. He doesn't even know that Victor slept with her, let alone... No, well, that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much the worst you could have Let alone take her to the ball. <laughs> what are you you want to finish something like that? Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know, I had okay. conversation with her. I don't know, touched her while she was still dead. I don't know. My favorite is the... Um, oh, I'm about to go into predictions. Go for it. Actually, you know what? I think we're almost there, so hold on to that. Final thoughts on this episode before we go into predictions. I liked how they tied the Egyptian story of the Amun-Ra and Amunet back to this. Because I felt at the end of season one, we obviously we didn't see the end in the darkness dwelling upon the earth. So I realized we had to get back to it at some point. And they easily and cleverly wove it into this story. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. With that. I'm, I'm interested to see where the end of this puzzle goes and how it leads them back to Madame. I'm very interested in where these characters go, and I have hope. I'm excited for Sarah's prediction. I am, too. Let's just get to it. Prediction time. Let's do it. I'm just going to go into... Now, you're after Buzz TV. You got to wait for the bumper, Sarah. Are you new here? Yeah. (laughs) I've got to change that bumper. Um, no, what I was going to go into, the reason it's predictions is that we saw a clip of what looks like Mr. Claire threatening um, Victor, while we also get a shot of no one else being able to suit her. But what I think is curious is while he's directing his attention at the wrongdoings of Victor or Dorian, no one's directing the wrongdoing so far to Brona. How long is she going to get away with this? Is this going to bring in our investigator? Because now we have a person who's committing murder who isn't all that intelligent as of yet, because she's a basically a newborn lass, excited by death. Like, she is an easy target for an investigator. If you have the investigator who's going after people like Sir Malcolm, going after Ethan, being trying to corner them, he tries to corner Brona or Lily or what murderous lady now. Like that to me is the weak like you are the weakest link. Also, if Victor finds out what Brona is doing, how do you cover up somebody's tracks of killing somebody? Well you bring them back to life. How many times is he gonna like find a dead body of hers and try to fix the situation? Wow. Or, or do you like blame someone else? I don't know. Like, does he point it to Mr. Claire? Right, and if you go back to the whole Frankenstein story, the whole village was after Frankenstein, Victor, because he, grave robbery was a big deal. They want his heroin. No, that's not why. No, huh. we haven't seen that in a while. So, like, to go off of that, it could it all leads back to Victor, and maybe this just brings in the legal justice system. Like, hey, we caught you. Uh, but it's not his fault. I love Victor. I mean, we're going to but have to... But it is. I, and speaking, <laughs> yeah, of, <laughs> speaking of tie-ins, Mr. Claire, if he's not pulled in, is going to have to start crafting these murders for the Wax Museum, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. might tip him mm-hmm. off at some point. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the murders, here's my prediction on this, and I don't know how it'll play out, but... Inspector Rusk is hot on the Ethan Chandler trail. Is he? There were two people at the Mariner's Inn that they could not account for. One was Ethan Chandler, the other was 
Brona. Oh, what if Brona? Well, she doesn't look like Brona anymore. I didn't get the right. picture. I thought you were just going to say Rupert. Oh, you, oh not no. after the massacre. You Rusk. mean during Rusk. Two people. Two yeah. people. Brona was the other one. Brona's now dead. Lily is alive. They don't know that. But well, Why didn't he say that? Why didn't Ethan say at the time Brona's dead? Because, because he didn't tell Rusk that. Because I think it would have taken away one suspect oh. for Rusk, right? Okay. He, let him think Brona's doing it. Brona's dead. It's not going to hurt her. All right. But Lily is alive as Brona. Looks the same. I don't know if there's a weird thing where she would have had her fingerprints taken earlier or something like that. Maybe something will come up. But what if her killings get Ethan off the hook because Rusk starts getting on the new Brona's tail, Lily's tail? Mm. Totally, totally possible. I mean, mm-hmm. Ethan's going to have his hands full now dealing with whatever happens to Vanessa. Yeah. So, which I don't even want to predict about because if it doesn't go my way, I won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and the whole Angelique thing, learning about Dorian. He says, yes. you know who I am. Ah, we've Hope. waited for that for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll get the reveal of the frickin' portrait, because that'd be nice. And then he kills her. I Ooh. I wouldn't put it past him. I could, see, I could see Lily killing Dorian, or trying to. Can you see Lily killing Angelique? What's the motive? That... She, she wants has sex Dorian. with yeah. Angelique and but then kills the, Angelique. In the coming attractions. Oh, you think Lily's going to sleep with Angelique? No, I have no idea. I don't think Angelique would sleep with Lily. I can yeah. see Lily killing Dorian or attempting to because yeah, I don't know either. In, in the coming, in the previews for next week, they allude to something. Lily says something like, no man will ever have control over me, something like that. I will not something. Uh, I will not be controlled by a man, something to that effect. Something. Yeah. Only three episodes left. Yes, yeah. that too. And... I, I think Sim Benny's gonna save Sir Malcolm as he always does, and Ethan's gonna kill the Legion, the Legion of Demons. They I thought the Legion was the name of a specific. It, it is, but the Legion, Legion itself, vampires. as a definition, okay. is multiple demons into one being. It's like naming of a group. But to be clear, Legion was referred to for vampires, correct? It's to the things that's after them. <laughs> the Legion. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> final uh, final thoughts, Marissa. What is this book? Please tell us about this oh, right now. Well, honestly, I had this big obnoxious book full of penny dreadfuls. Look at that. I was at Barnes and... Professor Serafini! Yes, I was at Barnes and Nobles yesterday as I always am, and I came across the penny dreadfuls, and I had to. So it literally, it consists of a bunch of penny dreadfuls. We had, you know, Demon, Barber Street, You better be careful. That's probably, that right there is probably spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, so these are like I've short, read a lot of them already. So explain so. these. I, I know a lot of people know what penny dreadfuls are, but they're like short stories. Well, some of them are not so short, but they're stories yeah, about they're, they're, murder. You know, and murder. A lot of the original penny dreadfuls back in the 1800s, when penny dreadfuls were first uh, introduced, introduced. It's the the individual stories, mm-hmm. um, you know, all condensed into one. So I'm gonna have fun reading this. Giant book. Nice. Yeah. Prince is about to become very, very good at predictions. Yeah. Grim, grim and gruesome we tales. We have Jekyll of and Mr. Horror. Hyde. Yeah. And like all, all, a lot of famous Penny Dreadfuls, and then a lot of the not so famous Penny Dreadfuls. So cool. It's going to awesome. be an interesting. Don't read it at night. Uh, last thing Do as it. we get going, guys, remember hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Keep commenting. We had a ton of great stuff in the live stream tonight. If you guys don't want to just comment on YouTube or iTunes, you can tweet us. Roxy, where can they tweet you? You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And Sarah, they can also tweet you at? 
Hi. <laughs> Roxy Stryer. That's why oh, I said it. I was setting you up. <laughs> and you yeah. can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. We'll be back next week. More Penny Dreadful right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. See you guys in a week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.